0: the objective to deliver the nba to you like no other news play breakdowns power rankings storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else
1: it's all straight shots here fired by straight shooters s and gun this is the objective basketball podcast Hello, everyone. Welcome to the objective basketball podcast. No Lauren yet. She'll be back. Don't worry about it. We got a lot of stuff coming. As you might have saw on my Twitter, we got, you know, live shows. We got things we got going on. Don't worry. There's a lot of good stuff between me and Lauren podcast wise. That is going to be great. Don't worry about it. But ladies and gentlemen, I have a guest that is coming on because, well, you know what? The Denver Nuggets have won the NBA championship. Yes, Denver Colorado, the Nuggets, NBA champions. It is a great time for that city, for that fan base. They absolutely deserve it. I have brought on Ryan Blackburn from Mile High Sports. He details it. He was there last night or Monday night, depending on when you're listening to this. And he is going to be discussing everything Denver, how it went down, the feels, what happened in the celebration. He was in the locker room, all of that good stuff. But first, I just wanted to talk about um, the Raptors officially hiring on Darko Ryakovich as their head coach, was at the press conference earlier today. We were handed ice cream, ladies and gentlemen, some nice ice cream sandwiches. It was great. Um, you know, they had balloons. It was outside. It was a nice sunny day. Maybe a little bit of pathetic fallacy there for my English literature people out there. You know, good times ahead, as they say. Uh, so look, I, I, I think... From what we've seen, from what we've heard from Ryakovich, from Messiah Jury from Bobby Webster today, it seems like they are, you know, really invested in finding a coach that can help develop their players. Uh, and yeah, sure, you might be able to say that that means, you know, more of a youth movement moving forward, and we'll see what happens between the. Between now and and October, the Raptors still have a lot of decisions that they have to make between their unrestricted free agents and the contract extensions and whatnot, things that we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, so a lot of decisions to make before we see what this roster really looks like. But from what the, the press conference really was about was finding a guy who fit culture wise and also a guy who can, you know, bring a, a level of stability to this team both from a player relationship perspective and from a development perspective those were two areas that nick nurse was lacking in it was one of the it was it was one of the main reasons he was let go by the raptors not being able to tap into develop guys and also i think the interpersonal relationships between him and some of the players were had gotten to the point where you know the well was dry if you will uh they just needed a new voice in the locker room and now they have that with Darko Rajakovic, We are definitely going to talk more about what the Raptors do and what will happen in the offseason. But as far as we know, you know this is a little bit of the honeymoon phase. Everybody is saying and doing the right things. We will probably know more when Ryakovich ends up coaching his first ever game in October. But um, for now, it looks good. For now, it sounds good. Everything is is pleasantries. All good on this side. But we'll see what happens. The NBA draft is in, you know, nine days. Uh Gary Trent Jr., his play up o- his player option is next week. Fred Van Vliet already opted out of his player option. He will be an unrestricted free agent. Jakob Pertle, an unrestricted free agent. OG Ananobi, contract extension, Pascal Siakam extension eligible. A lot of decisions the Raptors have to make. But the one they don't have to anymore is at the head coach. They've got that guy covered. Um I'm going to talk Denver now with Ryan Blackburn, maybe a team the Raptors can try to emulate a little bit uh, in terms of the unselfishness, in terms of drafting well, in terms of organizational structure and cultural structure. Uh, The Raptors can be taking a lot of notes from the defending champs right now. So let's get to my conversation with Ryan Blackburn. Get in the game and make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Bet before the game or live in play on all your favorite team's matchups. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn or download the app to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. I am now joined by a great guest, a wonderful guest, Ryan Blackburn from Mile High Sports, enjoying the celebration that is the Denver nuggets nba championship feels weird to say doesn't it
0: uh it's it's unbelievable man i i i still really don't know how to act i, I don't think anybody in denver knows how to act this is the yep. first time what was it 47 years whatever like that that the nuggets have actually actually brought home a title they've, they've been around for so long and never had this kind of success before so this is all so new and and we're we're just enjoying the ride man it's been awesome
1: it seemed like last night. Uh, well, depending on when you guys are listening to this, on Monday at, at Monday night when the celebrations went down, it was incredible in the locker room. Jokic throwing Jamal Murray in the in the pool. You had different types of celebrations. The 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 meme of Jokic trying to pop the champagne bottle and he and he can't really figure it out. Uh, tons of Jokic quotes. He clearly was very very looking. Looking forward to the offseason, let's say. Um, but but there was tons of great moments, I guess, you know, from your perspective, being in the arena, being at Ball Arena, seeing everything, being in the locker room for the celebration. Did you get to put the goggles on? Were you were you given goggles? <laughs> this is what I was thinking earlier. It's like, look, they give the players goggles. Right. But the poor media people could get decked with a little, you know, champagne thing as well.
0: Dude, I I got soaked, soaked through with champagne. <laughs> did not get a single pair of goggles, although somebody did hand me a bottle. and was like, drink this, you deserve it. I'm like, cool, <laughs> let's go. Like that's just that's just the vibes. And everybody in Denver is really connected, man. And like I yeah. I, I do think that we could, we could talk about national things. We could talk about national narratives and and all the the drama that came through with it. But mm-hmm. it was still very cool in general, just to see the Nuggets earn this moment and take care of this moment and have fun with it. And, uh, like, but no, I did not get goggles. My, my eyes were immediately stinging. (laughs) As soon as I walked in there, Uh, the place was absolutely packed, like a hundred people in, in this, in this small locker room and just, just everybody vibing and having a great time.
1: What are cause cause a lot happened last night. What are your, you know, top five moments, if you will, from last Ooh. night from the from the celebration maybe from the game i don't know if you want to mention the game but uh yeah what top five moments
0: well it's so funny like i you mentioned like we talked i i had like 4 hours of sleep before uh trying to <laughs> trying to wake up and do this this morning so everything was kind of a blur to me uh in, initially and i i had to go back and watch it again just to make sure i wasn't hallucinating uh yeah. but the the one thing like i got to hug jamal that was really really cool uh, he he's my guy. Like like we we have a pretty good relationship, and I I really treasure that and value that, after, especially with the journey that that he's been through. Uh, seeing Nicola with with his uh, baby daughter up on the podium was super cool. Baby yeah. daughter on one arm, Bill Russell Finals MVP in the other. Like that's pretty cool. Like that's that's just a, a great image. And then everybody being so happy for him. Uh, Michael Malone saying oh yeah just just one more like we're not we're not satisfied with one one. not two not three yeah (laughs) he says uh it's a very genuine feeling And Michael Malone he's been feeling himself this entire playoffs and and it's been it's been really cool to track that because I mean he could have been fired at at any of these points and then like I'm so glad that Denver was able to stick with him for sure. Uh, Michael Porter finally hitting a three pointer like that was cool. That was nice. Yeah. He had uh, he'd been going through it, but that was that was really cool. Um, uh, and then man, what's what's a good final one? I, I mean, just seeing the final buzzer and seeing everybody run out on the court and and feeling yeah. the euphoria of the crowd in a city that had never experienced anything like this before with this team. I mean, yeah. nothing tops that.
1: No, it really doesn't. And I i mean, like going back and watching the celebrations, seeing the locker room, seeing the the crowds and whatnot, you you, I—I I, as a cover of the Raptors, you get the feelings of 2019, especially a lot of people say it. But like your first one, you'll never forget that. Right. You'll never forget yeah. that moment when you were there, whether you were covering it, whether you're a fan, whether you're one of the organization's members. It, it's just part of being a part of something like that feels like it's citywide. Everybody is, is a part of the journey. Everybody has their story, their tidbit that they want to share about the nuggets. Um, from your perspective and and you sort of touched on it. Um, maybe we can tackle this from a different, from a couple different avenues. Uh, you've covered the nuggets for a while now you've, you've been following them on the beat and you mentioned your connection with Jamal. You've mentioned that, Hey, Mike Malone, Michael Malone, I should say. Um, you you know, know, he was, yeah, yeah. I I can't say Mike Malone, <laughs> but it, it's funny though because it's he refers to Michael Porter Jr. as Michael Porter Jr. Right? He'll say full yeah. name, and then they have a Mike chant for him, so it's a little bit different. I I don't know. I don't know uh, what they
0: they they pick and choose when they want to be yeah. super like uptight about it and super loose about it. like do, doesn't matter. Just call him whatever you want. He's an NBA <laughs> champion. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but no, you mentioned it. There there's there were points in time in the I guess creation of this core that things could have went differently you know maybe they traded a Jamal Murray maybe they didn't extend a Michael Porter Jr maybe they traded a Michael Porter Jr maybe they fire a Michael Malone there were so many points throughout this you know last four or five years where they they're building a team around Nikola Jokic where things could have went very differently but they stayed the course they kept they pushed through it Calvin Booth you know uh, you know i i wonder what tim conley is feeling right now but like um they stayed the course they have they pushed through they stayed resilient they kept the exact same core and it worked to their favor what do you think that means as a person who has covered them through that time um you know to to stick it out like like how does that feel and and, and from your perspective i guess general nba wise what is the implication of that
0: well, it was funny. I I took a completely unnecessary shot at the Sixers yesterday, uh, <laughs> when I wrote an article that was basically like the Denver Nuggets are the actual process team, mm. and like they're the actual team that you know, when you talk about what a process is supposed to look like, it's you draft well, you add to that, you That's don't skip like steps, and and you you cultivate your stars and you cultivate a culture over a long period of time. It's not about the value of the draft picks. It's not about amassing a certain number of assets in order to get to the point you need to be it's not about being so bad that you erode all culture and then you're left grasping for straws when some of those guys leave it's about like building something together it's about having a group that you can believe in consistently going through the trials and tribulations of hey it's not always going to go your way how do you respond to adversity how do you Mm -hmm. respond to all of the ups and downs that are going to happen. And Jamal Torres ACL when, when they were feeling like they were going to be at their peak. And it it, it was a it was a gut punch to them in, in so many different ways and like missed a couple postseasons that Denver felt like, yeah, Joker could have been the best player in the world in either of those two seasons, too. And yeah. and there's there's a part of it that I think people are going to look back on and think, man, could could they have been even better than this or could that have been their first title earlier? But Mm -hmm. the most important thing is that when you go through all of that and then you have Jamal come back and you have Mike come back and you stuck with those guys and you stuck with Michael Malone and you add a couple new faces, but mostly it's just about the core that you built. It's that much sweeter the next time around when you do it and you get over that hump because you know what you suffered through and you suffered through it together to come out on the other side. It was just a really beautiful thing. And I'm so happy that they were able to share in this moment together, because this really is the culture. It's Jokic, it's Murray, it's Malone ever since like 2016.
1: Yeah. You know, Michael Malone, he had a really interesting uh, quote about culture itself. It's like, it's not culture is not something you set up and then just let it go. You know, it's something you work at every single day. It's building relationships. We were just at the uh, Darko Darko Ryakovich, uh press conference, mm. you know, introducing him as head coach, and they talked about culture and what it means to set up a culture, what what it means to really develop relationships in an organization. Whenever you're working with people, um, that by doesn't just way, apply in basketball. By the way, uh, yeah.
0: Nicola gave an endorsement to Darko Ryakovich, uh that I posted, and I wanted to share. Nice, uh, just a couple a couple days ago, and like he he seems to think highly of Darko, so I, I think you guys have a good one.
1: Very good, very good. I mean, no. look, it has been a good couple of weeks for Serbians. I mean, right, yeah. Nikola Jokic, <laughs> uh, Novak Djokovic, and then in the end, uh, Darko. So it, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. jury even said, "Look, I'd rather be Messiah Jurajanovic." You know, he was just kind of making a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Make-
0: that, that reminds me of the meme of like, "Hey, it's uh joel and yeah, or whatever." Yeah, yeah, like when yeah, they yeah. when they change his names, but like this one's actually funny. Like this one's actually like like. <laughs> not, not, uh, not xenophobic, but that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this when it comes to the championship, uh, run and everything that you've seen. A lot of people have have brought up the fact that like, look, they played the Timberwolves, they played the Suns, they played the Lakers. These are all lower seeds, etc., etc. This is, this is a national narrative that some people have ran with. I will right. just go ahead real quick and say that is complete horse. You know what? Like it just, it's just ridiculous because Minnesota Yes, they had some injuries, but they gave them a, a tough couple of games. They were close in some of those contests. I think they really showed N- Nicola showed just how dominant he was against a really, really great big man uh, and a pretty good series from Carl Anthony Towns. They pushed them. They really did. Um, Phoenix pushed them again. You thought that after a two nothing series, Denver went up and then, you know, Booker and KD went nuclear, especially Booker. He played some of the best basketball of his life. They tied it at two two they prevailed they stayed resilient and and you know this there's this thing about like they haven't been tested with adversity that was an adverse situation it's 2-2 series it could go any direction they still prevailed they still pushed forward that lakers series despite it being a sweep was decided by i believe 21 or 23 points total something very very marginal like that so these were close games close contests that the the nuggets pulled through and even in the finals the heat I mean, they, they showed us throughout these playoffs that they just do not quit, and they also showed that in these finals. The dying seconds of Game 5, they pushed the Nuggets to the brink uh, and yeah. almost got it, almost forced that Game 6, but the Nuggets prevailed once again. So I don't want to hear any talk about not facing adversity or not, you know, having the best of competition. You play who's in front of you. Do you? I'm assuming you agree, but, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that topic?
0: Yeah, yeah. My, my first general thought is that a lot of it has been made about the opponents and rather than Denver just being better than everybody this year. And right. and like the opponents that they faced were the teams that they're like, not supposed to, but like they faced an eight seed because they were a one seed. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and they yeah. handily took care they, of said, they earned seed. it
1: in the regular season by being the best team in the Western conference. Yeah. That's how it works.
0: Right. And when Chris Paul goes down in game two of the Phoenix series, the next round, they actually got better because they started playing faster and they started yeah. playing with with a little bit more pace. The ball was in Booker and Katie's hands the entire time, and that was just the right call for them. And I think that's that's why you're hearing about Chris Paul like maybe not being there anymore. And I think yeah. that's that's part of it. The DeAndre Ayton thing, like uh, that that game was going Denver's way no matter what. So like I, right. I don't want to hear about DeAndre Ayton being out in Game Six and that actually making <laughs> a difference because it, it just wouldn't have. But yeah, uh, and then the Lakers won. It's not really Denver's fault that the Lakers were the team that they faced. Like there was no yeah. other good team and, and like the Golden State Warriors probably should have been the team that that came to face them, and it would have been cool to take down the former NBA champions. That would have been a cool thing. Right. But for Denver fans, if you ask them, like is it sweeter to take down the defending NBA champions that defeated you the last year, or is it sweeter to defeat the team? That defeated you for 47 straight years of your existence in the yeah. entire Western. Like, like every time you got to the mountaintop, the Lakers were waiting for you in the Western Conference finals and putting you yeah. back down in your place. Like they needed to go through the Lakers. And that was a big thing for the Nuggets. That was a big, a big thing for the Nuggets organization and their fan base for sure. And,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that was a really cool piece of it. It, it's not denver's fault obviously and nobody's saying this but it's not denver's fault that nobody else really showed up in in the western conference on that side of the bracket because you had the warriors the lakers the kings and the grizzlies and all of those teams were flawed every team in the west was flawed but i mean if we're being honest every team in the nba was flawed as you could see in the eastern conference too where all of Absolutely. these three, the three top teams that you thought would be there uh, all choked like if we're being honest like they had great opportunities and they had an opportunity to Put forward a great run, Uh, Milwaukee first round. Like they did not show up in in that series, and obviously the Giannis injury changes things up. But it it just wasn't it just wasn't meant to meant to be for them, I guess. And then Philly, like, uh, what what more can you say about Philly? And like, there's a lot of there's a lot that we could get into about that. But I mean, they they their their stars choked, and Denver stars didn't. Sorry, right? Um, And then Boston. I mean, you could say basically the same thing. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum were thought of as one of the premier duos in the league, and they don't compare to Jokic and Murray at this stage, at at this point in the playoff field. So could Denver have been tested more if another team from the Eastern Conference had shown up? Sure. But they didn't.
1: You play who is in front of you. That that is the thing everybody says, but it is true. And honestly, the same thing applies to the Miami Heat on the other side. You can't you can't. I mean, look, the, the you can't face the fact that Giannis is injured and be like, all right, we'll play without Jimmy Butler now. You know, like you have to play who's in front of you. The same thing applies to the Knicks series, the Celtics series. They beat those teams fair and square. And then the Nuggets ended up beating the team that best all those other teams fair and square. This is this is what basketball is about. You could go and look at all these former NBA championships. It, people bring up 2019 with KD and, and and all that stuff. People bring up the bubble in 2020. Pick, uh, you can pick literally anything from any year and say, "Oh, well, you know, th- this happened, so therefore this championship is invalidated." None of that matters. The only right. thing that matters is that there is a ring on Nikola Jokic's finger. There will be, I guess, a ring on Nikola Jokic's finger and the rest of the Denver Nuggets. That is the only thing that matters. Want to talk to you about Jokic though because so much of this conversation has been about him and why not? He's the two-time MVP, the finals MVP, one of the greatest playoff runs in NBA history, as far as stats go, as far as performance goes. I mean, genuinely, it is one of the most dominant playoff runs ever. That doesn't just apply to Jokic, but to the Nuggets in general. Um, And we saw that. So it's funny to me that he is such a begrudging character. A, a guy who kind yeah. of just does things and seems sort of annoyed at how good he is at basketball. You know, it feels like it adds these responsibilities to him that he doesn't really want, you know, the attention that he doesn't necessarily want. How do you think he uh, approaches that and like stardom and, and everything? Because we, we've, we've had this conversation a bunch online. A lot of people talk about Jokic and him not being the guy to be the center of attention, but, do you like that? Do you hate it? Where where do you lie on Jokic and all the the fun about him, you know, as a personality?
0: Yeah, I think he's one of those. I, I think he kind of embodies Denver a little bit in the way that they feel about the national media at this stage, and and part of that is a self fulfilling prophecy because of Jokic, because he's kind of that yeah. guy. Who isn't going to be in the limelight all the time. He doesn't really want that, obviously. Even Murray doesn't really want that a lot of the time. He he's kind of standoffish when it comes to like national conversations and, and whatnot at, at various points. But mm-hmm. I think Nuggets fans really value who he is as a person and, and what he has brought to the culture of the team and how that has changed uh the culture of the team. Because think about where where they were even before. The, the coach in between George Carl and Michael Malone was Brian Shaw. And Brian Shaw was there for a couple of years, uh, just kind of flew in from L.A. and Indiana, basically, and was like, I- I'm going to I'm going to treat this like uh, any any other coaching job from, let's say, a national market. And they didn't respond to him at all. And the talent wasn't great. And, and the, everything was the identity of the entire organization was in disarray. Uh, in like 2014 and 2015, and then Jokic comes in, and slowly but surely they kind of recover and and want to build around people that just like basketball, that just want people yeah. that that value the game, that aren't here. Like, because if you're coming to Denver, you're not coming for all of the the perks of Miami or the the benefits of LA or or, or any any place like that. You are coming to be a hooper. That's that's what they want. They they want people that value that and love that because you're not going to get the attention here, and yeah. that's that's they were okay with that. And Jokic obviously, uh, I think the poster child for that in terms of p- being perfectly okay doing your job and not seeing like the the public benefit of that. Right. And and I think Nuggets fans genuinely appreciate that. They appreciate the selfless nature of him and how that affects his game on the court. I I think everybody would sometimes like him to be a little bit more selfish when it comes to, Hey, we need to put the ball in the hoop. And he does that when it matters. And, and like he did it last night. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to credit for him. I mean, he is the, the prodigal son in Denver. Like there's no doubt that he's, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Colorado sports now. And it it takes a lot to be there because had some great football teams, had some great hockey teams and, and for him to really stamp his title, uh, to be on the Mount Rushmore in Colorado sports is is actually a big deal.
1: Does this uh, just Colorado sports wise? Does this vault the Nuggets over the Avalanche and the Rockies? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think they they are more popular now, and it it really is kind of cyclical. The Broncos are always going to stay at the top just because yeah. it it is a very yeah. very strong football town, and that's fine. I don't think anybody's going to crack that, but that's okay because that's that's just. I mean they were the first championship back in 19 actually that's not true. Uh but they were very close to being the first championship back in 1998 and it just felt more valuable. Right. At that point for whatever reason. Um I was 1 year old. That's just what I'm told. Um <laughs> but I I mean this this to me the the actual city it cycles like they they value winning, they value uh just overall success mm-hmm. and they will come around to you when 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 you are good, when you're bad, they'll probably avoid you for a little bit. They'll they'll read about the Broncos, watch the Broncos a little bit more. Uh, But more than anything, like they just want uh, to be like they they want a team that is going to be competitive. They want a team that is going to be. uh, And now now for the for the NBA specifically and for the Nuggets specifically, this is uncharted territory. So I think they have to be number two. Behind uh, the Broncos, but like ahead of the Avs for sure, and ahead of the Rockies for sure. They're, the 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 place was pandemonium last night. It was, was insanely fun. Yeah,
1: it, I mean, yeah, and Ball Arena. Uh, the the crowd has been some of the best we've seen over this last decade in terms of just the loudness. You know, Raptors fans were great during that run. Well, you o- know, it, OKC, it reminded me of right, Jurassic
0: yeah. Park. That that yeah. was that was the first thing that came to mind when I'm seeing like these videos that are coming out of the, like downtown market and 20th. It's just a, a pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, popular intersection. It's just flooded with people. I'm like, you know, that reminds me of 2019 when I when I yeah. saw Jurassic Park and those videos of, yeah. of how insane people got outside the arena.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, I mean, look, it. it your first always going to be your best. I, I mentioned that earlier, but it's just it's just a vibe, man. The the championship is great. Want to talk about Jamal? Um, you said you have a close relationship with him. You've obviously been through the mud with the guy in terms of. You know, he didn't look 100% there a little bit this season. He he had some timid moments. He had some moments where he was second-guessing himself. Even after winning the championship, he even said in the post-game press conference that I still don't feel 100%. There's still moments going up for rebounds, diving for a loose ball where I'm not sure of myself uh, and sure of my body, and yet he is now up there with some of the best all-time playoff performers ever, uh, finals-wise, playoff-wise. Uh, he has solidified himself as one of the premier playoff performers in basketball right now. Um, wow yeah. how does How does that feel for a guy who has been through that journey? And what do you think that means for him moving forward? Because you know a, a lot of people have brought up the all no All Stars, no All NBA. Do you think this potentially changes the trajectory of what his you know regular season career will be?
0: Well, think about like. I'm I'm going to pull up his numbers here real quick because they are they are interesting, like from a, a regular season perspective, the year following coming off of a torn ACL, he averaged over one assist more per game than he'd ever had before. Like he's at 20 yeah. points, 6.2 rebounds, 4.0, uh, 6.2 assists, 4.0 rebounds, like pretty, pretty solid numbers for like a second option that's not quite all star caliber. Uh, playoffs this year he averaged 26 7 and 5.7 <laughs> on 58 percent true shooting I just looked that up uh kind of after uh, earlier this morning yeah. and the only guys that have done that in NBA history in a, in a playoff run as long as this one like 15 plus games so you at least to a conference finals uh, Michael Jordan twice LeBron James four times James Harden once and then Jokic and Murray both did it <laughs> Like, yeah, they both yes. did. And that's just insane, insane place to be. And so like, he he rises to the occasion and, and to see him go through that, to see him kind of be at his lowest point after the injury and then to see him like he he was just just it was eating up at him that he wasn't able to compete in either of those two playoff runs for Denver because they yeah. thought that they had something and they thought they could be like, like a not not maybe dynasty is too strong of a word, but they thought they had it then and yeah. and they they didn't get to uh, man, they see they could have they really that,
1: they absolutely in 2021 they absolutely had the shot it especially yeah. those a lot of people bring it up but those eight games with Aaron Gordon it just felt like they were the clear cut championship team and no one really know, knew who was gonna pull it out in 2021 at that point in time but once that trade went down with Gordon, it was clear as days, this is the team to beat. And look, we missed out on two seasons of that. Um I'm curious to see how that looks moving forward. You mentioned some of his numbers. They look absolutely insane. I think there is I think there is a level of I don't want to say momentum. Maybe momentum is is the the wrong word for it, but building towards that next season is huge and what he can be next season is going to be massive absolutely massive um just in terms of the supporting cast because we've talked jokic we've talked murray supporting cast wise aaron gordon michael porter those guys are signed on long term to be with those guys for a while you've got your core four locked and loaded kcp i believe he has a year left he's got two he, he two got left? a
0: two-year extension and this yeah. this like but everybody is kind of locked up for the next two years which is yeah. which is really cool i think that murray will probably get an extension this offseason that would be my guess uh I, they're gonna want to lock him up forever <laughs> like yeah. I, you, you do yeah. not want to break up Jokic and murray at this point like why why would anybody choose to do that but it it remi- um,
1: this is so funny man because I, and i don't want to jump the gun here but murray reminds me a lot of of Tony Parker when he was young and he was coming up and Tim Duncan and Jokic have the parallels as well, obviously. And I, I hate doing the comparison thing. I'm not trying to do the comparison thing, but this does feel like there's an opportunity for it to be the start of a potential dynasty. Um, and obviously that means drafting. Well, we, we, we saw the trade that they made in order to acquire a couple of more, uh, draft picks in this upcoming draft and next year's draft to be able to round out their rotation more as things get expensive. Um, how do you think they plan on attacking that in the off season? What do you think the summer looks like? Because Bruce Brown is most likely, you know, gone. Well,
0: most likely gone. I I would be I would be shocked if Bruce Bruce Brown stayed. <laughs> like not not because he doesn't want to, and like he did say post like like during the championship celebrations that like it's not all about money for him, and he would he would like he loves it here, and he he would love to be back um so i mean maybe maybe he does something crazy and decides like hey i'll i'll just forgo the money and because this is the most fun he's ever had playing basketball like maybe maybe <laughs> that's something that that he would value um assuming he does the right thing for his career and decides hey i'm going to go get a whole bunch of life-changing money um i think they've got Christian Brown in the pipeline somebody who played 24 minutes last night and was like on the court in the, in that way and he's going to keep getting better and better but uh like he, they're gonna to have to get more ball handling, they're gonna to have to get another guy who's like who's a dog just just somebody who's very tough to replace yeah. Bruce in that regard uh they've got a couple of guys in the pipeline like Peyton watson who who could be very interesting as a as a long lengthy defender um they they're gonna to try to solve the the Bruce Brown absence if they can, but like all five starters are locked up for two years. Christian Brown is still there Peyton Watson's gonna be there. They'll try to figure out something in the front court with uh, Jeff Green. Like, I mean, Jeff Green might retire. He may, he may not, but like, uh, it just wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Like all, all of those guys. Like, it, it feels Same with like an opportunity. I would
1: not. Be, I would not be surprised if Ishmith Smith retires after this. Yeah, yeah. Just like
0: the veterans get to ride off into the sunset. DeAndre Jordan. He played such a big pivotal role for Denver this year, from like as a bench leader at a bench coach, and yeah. and people don't fully understand that. They don't fully appreciate just what he meant to the group as a vocal. Leader and somebody who could keep people accountable. And it was, it was very, very cool to see. Uh,
1: there was a moment in game five where, uh, you know, DJ, I think he might be mic'd up or Jamal Murray's mic'd up and he's talking to him. He's like, stay locked in, stay locked in. We got three minutes left. And, you know, it was a pivotal point of the game. So you can, you can see like those types of moments, they go unnoticed, uh, but they are so, so crucial for getting over the hump, for being that championship winning team. And hey, you guys are the NBA champions. Um, it's crazy to say it's it, it still feels surreal, even to me. And I can't even imagine how it feels to you right now, being in Denver, being the NBA champion. You know,
0: I don't I don't even know what day it is, man. Like, I, I'm, just, I'm doing my best <laughs> over here, but we're, we're having a great time. I'm trying to, okay. try to pump out as much good, good content as possible just to share it at a basket. It, but it's it's just been fun.
1: You do great work. You do absolutely great work, I will say. So you are probably going to the parade most likely, more than likely, you will be at the parade, oh, yes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> are we going to be expecting Nikola Jokic either on horseback or on horse wagon, whatever it is? How, what is he going to be doing horse-wise? Do we expect that to happen?
0: Dude, I'm expecting him to be drunk off his ass. That's
1: yes, what, yes.
0: That's what, that's what I'm expecting from, from Nikola Jokic. I, I think he's earned it. I think he deserves it uh he he wasn't like the most like pumped up during the all the festivities and all the celebrations he was very stoic during a lot of that almost like he expected this to happen which is which is pretty cool but got to let his hair down a little bit with uh like kind of going behind the scenes and he dunked jamal into the pool which was really cool uh but i'm expecting him to be just just amped up for this and and to really enjoy it because think about everything that he's had to endure like just just over like it's it's kind of fake because it's just online but like there, there's a lot of stuff that like is behind the scenes that he he has to deal with too and there's just a lot of weird stuff that kind of was surrounding him these last three years so uh, i'm i'm happy for him that like you, you get to put all that to bed nicole yokature and nba great
1: absolutely all-time great by the way all-time yeah. great big man all-time great player he, he um you know he didn't need this championship to do that but he solidified himself for many as a pantheon level great. Um and and it's yeah. done. The Denver Nuggets wow. are NBA champions. Nikola Jokic is a two-time MVP plus Finals MVP. Jamal Murray is playoff Murray, he's championship Murray, whatever you want to call him. And the Denver Nuggets will will go into next season just as good as they were this season. So we will see what will happen. Uh Ryan, anything you want to plug over at Mile High? Anything you got going before we head out?
0: one one thing i do want to mention before we hop off here is sure, michael porter yep. junior michael porter deserves a ton of credit for this and and a lot of people like they understand the talent they understand the shooting but i don't think they understand the full level of sacrifice that he had to have in yep. order to like really buy into his role in this offense because if if he if he had been drafted by a bad team and allowed to develop and like you develop at your own pace I- injuries aside he, he would be the first or second option on a rebuilding team right now, and he might be in a completely different phase of his career. Yeah. But the fact that he bought in and got better as a defender, got better as a playmaker, and just, just somebody who could connect and hustling and rebounding and cutting and, and things like that, just the, the role-player stuff, he turned himself into a championship-caliber player, and that's, that's probably the most under-discussed aspect of this championship run for Denver is that he wasn't that. And then he became that through hard work and a mental flip uh, where, where Michael Malone and and him had like, they, they didn't like butt heads, but like it was, it was hard for Malone to get to Porter at various points. And they ultimately came to a, a consensus there. And like, he became the best person that the best player that he could be uh, in, in a nuggets uniform. And that's just really, really cool to see. I, I, that's, that's the one guy I wanted to mention on the pod.
1: Absolutely. And look, he's, he's wholeheartedly, he has improved in the areas of his game where he needed to improve. He's gotten better as a defender. He's rebounding the ball better. I think even outside of the shooting, he's figuring out different ways to impact the game. We saw that in the NBA finals. We saw that in the last two games of the finals in game four and game five. Finding ways to be fa- impactful without hitting your shots, and that that'll that'll like his shot. I'm I'm not worried about the jumper. Uh, you Me, know, neither. So, Me neither. Me yeah. neither.
0: that dude that dude's jumper's wet, and I have no idea why it was so
1: broken. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is what just, it is. Listen, yeah. they're NBA champions. Another guy, by the way, since you're mentioning development and and you know kind of sacrificing your role, Aaron Gordon is another yeah. guy who. Yeah. Went from, hey, in Orlando, we think he might be a second option. I'm going to create. I'm going to be a shot creator to I'm going to take on the role of like an Andrea Iguodala, but maybe more defensive minded, maybe more uh, interior minded. Um, he was obviously a guy who works incredibly well with Nikola Jokic in that four or five pick and roll, the little cuts and like split actions and things that they do to get each other open. It's incredible to watch his career arc is fascinating to me a lot of people bring up brooke lopez as a guy who's like completely changed his game but you can also say that for a guy like aaron gordon um and and to see him completely given to buy in really to what the nuggets are the nuggets program and and also like you said Jokic's unselfishness sort of you know permeates throughout the rest of the team same thing happened to Aaron Gordon. Same thing has happened to Michael Porter Jr. And that's what happens when you have all-time players that are just as unselfish. You know, they, they, it breeds oh, yeah. this level of unselfishness. It's, it's amazing to watch, man.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the one thing that you heard about Aaron Gordon before the trade was that he really wanted to be Kawhi. He really wanted to be Paul George, somebody like that who could create off the dribble, wanted to be kind of a featured scorer. And I got to be honest, man, I have seen no iota of that from him since he became a 10 for Nugget. Like it was dating back to 2021 when he was traded. He was just very like he was a seamless fit. There was no issue. And he had to learn some things. He had to get better. He had to adopt and figure out just just, hey, how do I best fit into what they're doing here? Yeah, but it it was so fun. I was in Miami and got to ask him. I think it was before game three. No, it it was in between game three and game four. Uh, we got to ask him, "Hey, uh, how do you fit around Jokic and Murray? Like, what's the secret? And and how do you how do you best do that?" And he, with a smile on his face, it just bright as day. He's like, I, "I'm so happy. I get to do my favorite thing. I get to play the dunker. I get to play the dunker." <laughs> Who says that? Who says that at all? Like, that's so cool. And and no, like nobody's ever like. Said that with a smile on their face before, especially yeah. somebody who, like growing up, you, you probably thought he was going to be like a, a Paul George, Kawhi yeah. Leonard type, Just fourth overall, like yeah, fourth overall pick, eighteen years old, going to Orlando, going to develop. Like it is a really cool story to see him go the way that he did too, because everybody had to sacrifice on the team. KCP had to sacrifice. He could do more if he wanted to, but yeah. everybody fell into line, playing like Jokic, Denver Nuggets style basketball consistently and they knew what they had to do in order to win a championship and gordon like, they dubbed him mr nugget over at dnvr like i i think that that like it's well earned well earned right. for sure
1: yeah man ryan you do great work you did a great job covering this team this season congratulations again man enjoy it enjoy the enjoy the moette that they give you the champagne that they got you to pop oh yeah um <laughs> and and the cigar smoke whatever it was enjoy all that enjoy the parade. Anything you want to plug before we head out? Anything you got going on podcast-wise, writing wise, anything?
0: Yeah. I mean you could you can follow my work at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I'll post everything there. But uh Pickaxe and Roll is the name of the podcast on uh on Mile High Sports. And and then uh, also Milehighsports.com is where I write all the articles and I'm gonna try to come out with some stuff over the course of these coming days just Various things I've got saved up in the pipeline that we're we're ready to deploy.
1: Nice. And they need that second round pick uh, prospects. Wh- whoever you got in what is it thirty seven <laughs> and forty that they've got now in this draft. Um, Man,
0: so, they got they got Monte Morris. They got Jared Vanderbilt. They got Vladimir yeah. Chanchar, and they got Nicole Jokic in the second round. It's unbelievable.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, Chanchar actually, he's going to be mm-hmm. on the team next season, right? Yep, and
0: and he'll probably play. We'll he'll probably we'll play. see, but like uh, he's he's a perfect like. A perfect 10th or 11th man because he doesn't have to play and he's okay with that but he's just i mean
1: he's very good he's very good at cannonballs as well if you watch the (laughs) video of him jumping all right ladies and gentlemen appreciate you guys tapping into the objective basketball podcast ryan appreciate you for joining us we finally got this thing done thank you very much for tapping into the objective basketball podcast we will see you guys later
0: Follow hosts at JustSBarahini on all socials and at the Gun on Twitter.
1: The Objective Basketball Podcast, delivering, delivering the NBA, NBA to, to you like, like no other. other.